You just heard some more music by Simon Schack, author of September Clues. His documentary uncovered the most egregious errors made in the unified, centrally coordinated media broadcasts used to cover up the actual events of 9-11. This is the Clues Chronicle, issue two. This one is called Hi Clues Forum and the possibility that nobody died in the World Trade Center demolitions. In the last episode, I introduced this research along with issuing my recommendations on how to cautiously address these topics so that you feel emotionally safe. Then we heard my interview with Simon Schack about how September Clues led to the Media Analysis Discussion Board Clues Forum. If you listened to Episode 1, hopefully you gained a few more tools to begin researching information sources for yourself, as harrowing as it can seem. Our hope is that sharing what we consider incredible results will inspire you to turn on your intuition and sharpen your senses. When one is prepared to turn off TV and tune into life, to make mistakes, to pick oneself up again and keep going, to feel alone sometimes, it is a great benefit to the world to make any simple observation about any subject at all from reality rather than from a simulation of reality. In this episode, we will talk more in depth of the discoveries about false 9-11 victim data, which led to the theory that nobody died on 9-11, why it was necessary to create a safe place to discuss this information, and why this podcast, The Clues Chronicle, seemed like a necessary step to continue to comment on our largely propagandized world. I highly recommend you listen to episode one, but it's sufficient to summarize our show's disclaimer like this. One, turn off televisions, tune into your intuition, develop your own non-televised personal methods of figuring out who to trust and who not to trust. Two, if you start to feel bad or unsafe while researching these topics, stop. Take a break. Three, when you make new discoveries, talk about them with others. And now let's walk the talk. But first, some more rock. Thank you. 
That was Consideration, off of Simon Schack's band, The Social Service's newest album, Realativity. The first part of this interview can be heard in the Clues Chronicle Part 1. The conclusion you are about to hear took place today, about a week after the first. We rejoined in Simon's kitchen to reflect on our experiences that led to Clues Forum and our attempts to reach the public with our information. My interview with Simon also partially became his interview with me about our friendship, our research, and what comes next. Now, on with part two, recorded today, September 23rd, 2015. Hello. Hello. So it's been a week or so. Last time we talked about, uh, well, we finished talking about how September Clues uh, was made yeah and we reflected a bit on the the revelations of that and sort mm. of what it means to the world to to recognize that there's all this media fakery going on right but before we um, came to those understandings we were still uh, making baby steps in that direction and mm. I understand that you actually you know you were sort of fighting with trying to spread this information in other places, such as 911researchers.com. That's right, that's right. 911researchers.com was the, uh, at the time, was the only forum where TV fakery was being discussed on the, the webs. Was this 2000, late 2007 then? Or? No, 2006, uh, around the time. During my, as I was putting together September Clues, really, uh, around the time and a little bit before I had already discovered it and started uh, contributing to that forum and it was founded by one Rick Siegel oh no not that guy yes <laughs> Rick Siegel is uh, uh, well he he is the uh, first he founded he founded the first online TV apparently uh. which was called I think online TV and uh, at the time, I didn't even know what 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 his background was. Uh, all I knew of Rick Siegel was that he had made this 9/11 eyewitness movie. Uh, you remember? Oh, he claims to have seen the disaster in person. He claims to have filmed it from Hoboken with his uh, amateur video camera, and he made a whole huge uh, 90 minutes movie, I think. Where he simply films, he doesn't, his, his film doesn't contain any airplanes, it's the aftermath after the, the, the towers had been hit by the airplanes, apparently. So it, it is just a very, quite dull and boring uh, movie with him filming all over the, the river, the smoldering towers, the smoky towers, and he was making a big deal out of. A helicopter which went over the towers and apparently some flashes came from the helicopter and that was meant to be something mysterious. And so he allowed mysterious discussions of 9-11 on his farm. That's right. That's right. So 
the whole forum where I where I started contributing my 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 first research was 911researchers.com, and I believe you you weren't there. No, I had no idea that this even existed until much later, mm -hmm. until recent years, when you were telling me uh, how you had bumped into this Rick Siegel guy online. Yes, yes. Well, that, I, I was naturally drawn there because uh, I think the only, at the time the only people talking about TV fakery and no planes uh, was this Nico Hout, uh, this guy who... Wasn't he the guy who paraded around New York making really crazy comments and acting kind of insane and then yes. mixing that in with no planes in order to make the discussion of no planes appear totally mad? Precisely, precisely. He was this uh, German-born, apparently, guy who looked a bit, a bit like a junkie and uh, was disrupting all the truth uh, uh, assemblies in New York, New mm. York City. So he was known to be a very loud guy who made uh, crazy acts uh, and, and even on the street or in tube stations he would film himself uh, being very, acting really crazy. So, um, Well that would turn off most people from even thinking about no planes. That's right, that's right. The idea was quite, quite obviously now, at the time I didn't realize exactly how how important these um, planted agents were, but that's, that's what he was. He was the, the one who was supposed to be associated with any thoughts of TV fakery. And uh, as I published it September Plus, he, he, he immediately wrote me an email saying that he had cried that night of oh, happiness. Yeah. Uh, so as to make me feel, you know, uh, uh, we were friends then, of course. Of course, yes. We were on the same page. It's the first stage of uh, buddying up to you before stabbing you in the back. Yes, yes. We, uh, <laughs> on his side was, was a lady called Web Fairy, who also had a blog with uh, some, uh, some really poor Im image analysis. And Wait, wasn't Web Fairy the person who said that she knew one of the so-called witnesses, Gary Welts? Her hero was uh, Edna Sintron, the ah. lady which uh, is depicted in one of these false images of 9-11, standing in the gash of where the second plane apparently had hit. Mm. And she was standing in the gash, this blonde woman. I remember, those were the Vixen pictures where they had two almost identical pictures of her, one with glasses and one without. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, so... Uh, but this was at the early stages, so I really didn't know so much about their 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 agenda. I was trying on my own to put together this September Blues movie, and uh, as I said, the only place uh, that allowed the discussion was DanielMresearches.com, uh, because uh, already then uh, discussion about TV fakery or no places as they called it uh, was. Forbidden on uh, places like Loose Change, which was, of course, ah, at the time right. yes, we went over that. the leading to the movie. Yeah, uh, and even uh, later on, when we when I did publish September Blues, Loose Change had a little phrase saying, "No discussion about September Blues is allowed here." Yes, that's right. And you can see a, a screen capture of that on the, on the yeah. forum. Yes, I, I was. Uh, 
I, I did a screen cap of that, uh, fortunately, because then it disappeared. Like many things disappear, which are only meant to, to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, Just throw people off. Serve a purpose for yes. a while and then they disappear. Throw people off the scent, as it were. Exactly. Now, um, so all this, all this to say that 911researches.com suddenly, after I had started developing and I was starting to. Well, I did uh, publish September Clues uh, in June 2007. Okay, the first version. That's right. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, shortly after the, it went down, 911researches.com went down. How shortly? That's like a month or two months or? Uh, as you may remember, I did my first little video called The Grand TV Illusion on yes. YouTube. Yes. And then I started doing uh, publishing by by in parts. Septemberus A online video on this other portal. That actually is a perfect segue to how I first saw September Clues, if you don't mind. Of course, of course. Uh, I was looking at videos like that, um, and one by 9/11 Octopus and uh, other researchers who had put videos together depicting um, the 9/11 show as a blue screen kind of spectacle and it got me really thinking because I thought this could just be someone messing with my head and I and I quickly became aware of a movement involved with Nico Haupt to kind of disgust people away repel people away from research by mixing it in with sexual imagery and things and oh you were you were noticing that I was noticing that and but September clues uh, stood out as being very level-headed and clear and even though it took me a few viewings, um, it sank in, and then it just made me laugh. Of course, I didn't laugh to tears, <laughs> but I, I was really uh, pleased that after trying to confirm it for myself, I was able to uh, at least prove um, to myself that I couldn't find a problem with uh, the reasoning of September Clues, because there really were problems with the... The flight paths of the, of the so-called airplanes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, contradict, as well as their lighting and the lighting of the city. And I just couldn't at first believe how uh, terrible it really was. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, of course, it didn't really register at first that it had been good enough to fool everyone, and even me, mm. um, at first. And, but, you, and, and as you told me one, one day, you tried to reproduce uh, the flight paths with wires? Yes, I in made... life in your room or yes, something? Yes, in my room I made two towers out of CDs, and, uh, which were roughly proportional to the twin towers. <laughs> and I even looked at an at a overhead map to place them proportionally okay. to each other. Um, and yes, they're not perfect. The CD is not a perfect square, but it was within, uh, I thought, within reason. Mm -hmm. And I had a wire that I was trying to bend to create the exact flight path, and I had a little uh, paper sort of plane that I made to scoot it along and <laughs> and sounds great <laughs> and try to reconcile all the videos and all the pictures, but it yeah. wouldn't work. It wouldn't work, and it doesn't work. <laughs> okay. And in fact, there is a video online now, many years later, which tries to prove the path of the airplane, but you'll notice some tricks there where the dotted line actually warps as they're rotating the camera. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They do things like this in order to kind of trip you up and make you not realize that the flight paths shown are completely not the same 
Well, they're trying to prove their artificial imagery with even more artificial imagery. Yes, it's kind of a form of hypnotism and so forth. Right. So I had first seen Loose Change, and that got me sort of interested, but I was skeptical, um, as I am of all media and kind of have always been. But September Clues just stuck in my head. It just, I, I couldn't disprove it. I could not disprove it. And then when uh, I found people discussing it um, on livevideo.com and uh, eventually elsewhere on the internet, including 9-11 Movement, yeah. um, it just made me realize that it was a good path, and I kept going on it, and I even made some of my own videos. I deconstructed the Nade movie, Yes, not at nine eleven. Oh yes, that was uh, the first thing that impressed me of, of, of your efforts. You did this Thank you. Uh, movie, which you had. Uh, I mean, you did this critique of the Nordic movie. Yeah, and at the time, I wasn't fully aware of um, simulated cities and things like that. But I was skeptical of what was being shown. I mean, they show in the towers in that movie. It seems to appear that they they wrote nine eleven in the lights. In the windows, and they exactly. and they made an explosion image in the windows, which um, is in just about the same shape as where the plane was supposed to appear the Amazing. next day. Amazing, isn't it? I mean, there's just a number of things that that show that it was a propaganda effort to put all this together. But as we found out later, uh, the entire movie was probably prefabricated. Yes, and they had used set pieces and so on to reproduce New York. In fact, it was released. Uh, on the air for the first time six months after September 11th, 2001, which would give them time uh, for a few hours anyway to do some lighting correction. And just to remind the listeners, the Nordic brothers were the two guys, the two French guys who supposedly captured the first flight 11, the first flight. And there, there was only this video available of this unexpected first flight. Mm. And uh, only one, only one other video emerged later by Pavel Flava. But anyway, this was the iconic uh, clip which went on television. Uh, yet it was also included in their full feature movie produced by Paramount and uh, and Nextel. Uh, yeah, Nextel was the communications telecommunications company which sort of presented it and to me, gave me a sense of unease about the whole uh, propaganda piece because it seemed to be a kind of advertisement for telecommunications industries. Mm -hmm. And I started getting this feeling that the whole thing was a move by the government to have people accept a greater technocratic rule over their lives. Mm. In any case, uh, we sort of met over live video, and I remember yeah. messaging you and... Uh, right. Mm -hmm. As far as I recall, I really admired your work, and you said I was doing okay stuff. And right. So that was I had this question for you: How long did it take before you decided to contact me, and, 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 and how long did it take before I gained your trust? Since you are yeah. uh, notoriously uh, quite uh, uh, suspicious of of, of internet uh, internet entities. Which, which, you, which you are rightly. Yeah, well, um, I guess I, I should answer that in a few ways. One of them is, because um, there was a few questions in there, one of them is sort of a question about how I became skeptical of people in general, and I would say that it was just my um, simple upbringing in a public school, mm -hmm. uh, encountering the way children sort of mess with each other and torture one another and uh, mm -hmm. psychologically mess with each other, and 
okay. um, the way teachers try to corral that and they play their own psychological game with the children to try to control them. Mm. And things would come out from kids' mouths that shocked me but interested me, like the idea that a nuclear bomb was fake. And I didn't understand how they had heard that or learned that. And they were explaining to me that uh, imagery could be uh, deceitful. And this was, you know, when I was still in single-digit years. So I've, I've been sort of equipped just through, I guess you, you called it earlier, um, uh, just street smarts. That I should yeah. beware of imagery and things. Yeah, that was a and question. Uh, did you have any previous experience of fakery in the news, which, which mm. may, may have helped you uh, to accept the September Blues idea that, that they actually showed fake imagery on TV? Well, I think it was just my skepticism that had been built up over time. Um, I can think of a few instances where people pointed out specific things in the news that bothered them. As far as coming to trust you, um, I guess it just happened that uh, you got by all my filters. I mean, <laughs> I had quite a few of them. Yeah. Uh, but your your honesty and your earnestness just sort of uh, broke that down eventually for me. Mm -hmm. and, and we got to know each other on 9/11 movement then, with uh, amongst amongst other uh, well, they looked like good researchers like Kiltown who had compiled. Uh, He had done a big compilation of all the clips of 9-11, yeah, which that's were right. suspicious. Uh, all the plane crashes and so on. Yeah, Kiltan was an interesting character because he had made, he had formulated some arguments which at first blush to someone new to the research uh, seemed like very compelling um, because they talk about things like, uh, you know, an entire plane disappearing completely into a field, which obviously couldn't happen in real life, and <laughs> things like that. Um, but yeah. to experienced researchers, eventually it became frustrating how Kiltown would stop at uh, Shanksville and the Pentagon discussion. Yeah, yeah. So this question of how do I trust people, how did I come to trust people, it just became for me a matter of judging their own thinking and saying, does this brain process things in a way that asks new questions, refreshing questions? Do they uh, show fear of asking questions? Do they uh, show poise when asking difficult questions? And so I guess the first time that I wanted to contact you was right after I saw September Clues and it really hit home. Mm -hmm. I mean, for when it really did hit home for me, not yeah. the first time I saw it. So over time, yeah. I decided, yeah, I should, I mean, Being a kind of creative person myself, I, I, my form of creativity is I want to do like reveals. I want to make things and then reveal them and, and say, hey, look, this is a cool thing. I think I'm pretty sure I contacted you at least once more after I made the Super Naude oh, yeah. uh, Brothers, which was my title for the 9-11 critique and said, take a look at this. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted people to uh, be surprised and happy that, um, that this research was going on. I find it easier to write than to speak. And um, making video is also, for me, easier maybe than, than speaking off the cuff. Well, uh, same here. Yeah. I mean, media is definitely an interesting uh, tool that we should uh, learn it's um, that we should learn about its power and its uh, oh, yes. and the responsibility of using it yeah, I guess yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to borrow a cliche <laughs> yeah. 
and responsibility. We had encountered several characters, um, speaking of the, the trust filter thing, at 911movement.org, which sometimes seemed good and sometimes seemed bad, and we thought we could identify the bad ones because a lot of them were coming over from Pump It Out, and they seemed to oh, be yeah. characters that would give really bad arguments about perspective um, and use trickery in the language almost just to test us and see if we would fall for it. And when we didn't, and we would complain to the moderators like Killtown, and I think another one was Slick, um, that was their handle, yeah. uh, they would sometimes be able to say, yeah, okay, we ha they have to expose themselves and then we'll ban them. And other times they would just tolerate it. So we got interested in this character, Kiltan, and we mm -hmm. um, talked to him and chatted with him. Well, at least he had, he had produced a body of research. Yes. A website with lots of details. So, as I said, the various clips, which were, which were many of them, or almost all of them, I, I, I eventually analyzed on September Close. Yeah. Part of our investigations became uh, distinguishing between well-meaning people who only could go so far and people who deliberately tried to push back on good questions. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, Genghis was part of Pump It Out. Yes, and Genghis apparently you met before I did, but was some kind of online personage who would uh, really get angry about September Clues and say that it was nonsense, right? But yeah, not... he was one of those who would use foul language. Uh, but uh, maybe we, we, we already mentioned this, that Genghis was the first who took uh, September Blues and put it up on YouTube. Yeah, but now they're starting, hopefully, understanding, they're starting to understand that. And then suddenly close his channel after a few hundred thousand views of the being uh, gathered, gathered on his, on his channel. So suddenly, <laughs> in the meanwhile, I, I had realized that Genghis was another one of these trolls. Yeah. So I finally put up September Blues on YouTube myself. Because having it on live video was not good anymore because live video closed down. Suddenly, mm -hmm. <laughs> live video closed down a few weeks after it became number one in Italy. <laughs> after September Clues became number one in Italy. Yes, yes. That's. I mean, we keep running into these odd issues where we we publish something and then and things close. The, the darn thing disappears <laughs> on us. Um, that happened with 9/11 movement too. Very strange. Uh, but but before we get to that. Mm -hmm. um, I think we should definitely discuss what it is we were talking about at 9-11 Movement and what which brought us to um, you know our current body of research. It started with um, uh, this idea that September Clues was all wrong and people would come in with a bad argument and we would show that the science holds true, the evidence holds true, that there's fakery involved in the creation of the simulated Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Then it became a, a, a larger question, sort of. What was actually in the towers at the time? Were they empty? Mm -hmm. And when we started to pry that one open, it created. It seemed to create a, a, a rift in the forum. Definitely, definitely. And I think it may have even created a rift between uh, more curious moderators like Killtown and other moderators. Uh, but it still seemed okay. We could still ask these questions, you know, who was in the, who was in the towers? Let's list the companies. Let's look at who was supposedly employed there. Let's look at who supposedly died there. Right. But when I published um, extra reports on it, mm -hmm. as far as um, stuff that no one else had looked at, yeah. it was when we had already met and we had sort of been hanging out together. And That's right. Yeah and been deconstructing everything. So I think also 
Were we already talking about the possibility that, uh, of course, we knew there were no passengers on the non-existing planes? Right, or that we we thought somehow that oh, these people had been uh, misplaced, or you know, it was it seemed too easy for loose change to say oh, they had all been taken somewhere and killed. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they were landed weird. on some airport and. Yeah. Uh, Funnel into a NASA hangar. Yeah, the, killed off. I mean, you know, if you uh, want to talk about conspiracy <laughs> theories that aren't worth your time, the logistics of that, you know, killing off hundreds of passengers in, in a NASA hangar. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and try to find where they found that information for yourself. But mm-hmm. for us, it seemed unconvincing. So we we started saying, well, what if they could just fake some of these identities? What would that look like? And so I just started going through. Um, the alphabet. I started with the A's, yeah. and one by one, just uh, said, "Well, here's who they supposedly worked for. Here's who they supposedly were, and so on." Here are the pictures. Um, <laughs> we were going with the official mainstream CNN mm-hmm. memorials, but if you looked uh, hard enough, which didn't take too long, you would start seeing that that different groups and different entities had collected a variety of different memorials with different lists of the dead. Yes. And none of them seems to to be endorsed as official. In fact, the official stories uh, seemed a bit too dodgy and vague about who exactly were these people, and, and that seems very confusing. Yeah. More simply, we we should remind everyone that they they were simply incompatible. They, 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 yes, there were names. The names that, that were missing here, and other ma- names that were added there. Yes, there were added names, there were missing <coughs> names, right. there were duplicate names. Exactly. There were duplicate names with uh, different pictures, even though they were the same identity rather than uh, um, two people with the same name. And remember, this was already five, six years after 9-11. It almost seems so sloppy that we thought, so what, they, what have we encountered here? Yeah. What is it that we're looking I mean, at? You would have thought that after six, five, six or seven years, they would have... Uh, at least have uh, consistent memorials mm. all over the states, and we are talking about quite official memorials. The CNN memorial, what, what was the other name? The um, America. Oh, I America mean, remembers. Is that it? Yeah, and, I mean there were a series of the, the Fox memorial. They were they were all quite official memorials, which had completely inconsistent names on them, including the ones so, that you mentioned, Diana Lai. Then and Justin Ally, exactly. which sounds a bit like you. uh, Justin Ally, you're dying in a lie. It seems Justin very, Ally very, and dying a lie. Yeah, Diana Ally, almost like just mm. just in a lie. It seems like Justin. they're teasing people, really, <laughs> really. So anyway, we were looking at all this when I said, "Well, I'm, I have an opportunity to come to Italy. I have an opportunity to meet you. Would that be all right?" And yeah. Simon has always invited. Uh, researchers to come yeah, to his home. So. Yeah, I've done that because I thought that was the only way to kind of trying to supersede the problem that we are always uh, anonymous people over the interwebs. We, we don't see each other face to face. So I just said, what the heck, let me invite the people I, I feel uh, are trustworthy. And uh, I was lucky enough to, to, to invite you. <laughs> Most of the other people have been good, and, and it's been very interesting to, to, to meet these different people. As we said, or maybe we said it before, I, a couple of them or three turned out to be a bit of, you know, kind of trolls. But uh, that doesn't, it hasn't uh, made me step back, and I, I keep inviting people. I think that's good. I think you're doing a good thing, because otherwise we wouldn't have met. Really in person. Yeah, so yeah, thank you I, for being brave and letting me right. 
show up and thank thanks thank you for accepting me <laughs> Well, anyway, anyway, because it's important, I really have to say this. Yeah. I would not have been able to. What we are going to talk about now is yes. Reality Shack and then Clues Forum. Yes, I was. I didn't have the proficiency to even make a forum on the internet or a, no, or, or a website. We've borrowed each other's skills in doing this, and that's really the important thing. And in, in getting through the tough part of actually coming to trust people. I mean. Yeah. And it, sometimes, it, you know, sometimes a, a personality doesn't um, sort of kick into their their sort of their true their true colors aren't shown for a while. Like we had this character Ozzy Ben Oswald and his sort right. of partner Fred, right. and we thought they were good. They even followed us from 9/11 movement to yeah, they were, to our they research. Were, they were from day one uh, inserted in into the the scheme, which uh, goes back also to Nico Harp, I think. I think Ozzy Oswald was there from day one, doing his job of misdirecting anyone who would come close to the uh, image fakery truth. Yeah, he would try to present really bad arguments and even create imagery that no one had seen of 9-11 and then say, ah, you see, this is uh, something that you can destroy. But it was like straw man. It was yes. obvious, obviously cloned images, obviously... Just the classic muddy the waters tactic. Right. Instead of revealing the computer technology or the simulation, which uh, is a much more likely um, candidate for faking a city, it was very easily debunked. But we just sort of said, well, he's supporting us. It's okay. We, we won't really pay attention to that. We'll pay more attention to these people who are giving us a hard time. Mm. And in that way... They were clever because then they attached these characters to us. Mm. And what is Ozzy Benozwell doing now? Well, he's saying that he... Uh, well, he's over at Let's Roll and he's the most he's rabid, he, rabid uh, attacker of our, of our work. Yeah, he says he has evidence that, uh, that I am the same person as you yeah, or something no, like that. Yes. <laughs> Just to be clear with our listeners, I mean, it's, it was so evident that at one stage that Ozzy uh, Oswald, which was the guy who I, I remember him since the old days at 9-11 researchers come and then he went on, he followed, went, uh, just like me, I went to, over to 9-11 movement and then he was one of the first to register on our new reality check. Yes, so and now was, we can talk about how that happened, yeah, right? Yeah. We, so we were conducting research together we were finding all sorts of strange things about the victims and the city. Simon was focusing more on the city fakery, the bad shadows, the impossible crowd scenes, um, and I was focusing more on the uh, impossible names and, and uh, really ridiculous memorial pictures and things. So w when we were working together, we were deciding how we were going to present this information. They, when they did it was when we published okay. the information on Vixens. It, it, it went down after we did these uh, posts. That's right. Yeah. When we finally said, you know what, here's a compilation of all our research into the, uh, the funny pictures, and yep. it's actually the best evidence we have that no one died mm -hmm. on 9-11 mm -hmm. in, in the, any so-called terrorist attack. And that was, the, that was the moment that... That's when 9-11 movement went... Just went down. down. Yeah. And I remember I was uh, trying to sleep and you came into the room and you said, hey, it, it's shut down. <laughs> and I went down and sure enough, it was gone. I mean, yeah. at first I thought, yeah, it goes down once in a while. They said mm -hmm. they had problems. Mm -hmm. But really, they had just, they had like pulled it. Pulled it. Yeah. With the pretext that uh, Slicks 
wife, one of the administrators called Slick, his wife was apparently annoyed with uh, the forum and uh, so to please his wife, close it down. So that's, that's, that's the reason given. The, the only, have you heard another reason for the, that forum disappearing? Uh, no, I think we even were, were in contact with Kilton afterwards and Kilton said, it's not in my power, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't even get a backup, uh, it's, all, it's all gone, yeah. and it will be gone. And so we asked Kiltown if he'd like to please research with us about um, the fake victims and things, and he seemed a bit, um, uh, it was maybe out of his league or yeah. something. Yeah. He decided... I'm just going to stick to Shanksville is fake, the Pentagon is fake. Those two airplanes could not have ever crashed. That's ridiculous. But the other stuff, I can't go there, I won't go there. And that was his stance, and that's fine. And to this day, I really don't know what's become of Killtown. But well, that's fi- it's fine, but up to a point, because when you have uh, the sort of uh, evidence we have dug out over the years, uh, and and just disappear because I think Kiltan I haven't heard from him. I haven't heard from him for a long time. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Then it makes me wonder whether he was just part of this uh, ready-made club who was there uh, representing, ready, ready to yeah. ready to uh, dampen dampen the revelation of TV fakery of fake imagery, mm-hmm. uh, and they would go just that far. Yes, and, and of course the victims, the fake victims, would never be allowed to be to be revealed. Right, because that's the core, uh, the, the core magic trick of these uh, so-called terror attacks in the world, where no, no, no Western people are supposed to die. Sure, that's the theory that we came to be confident about all the time. Mm-hmm. It's possible, you know, that maybe. Someone died, but uh, the evidence seems strongly in yeah. favor of not because it doesn't seem like they would uh, risk that uh, that one real problem of investigation. No, I think the, the, the number one uh, objective was zero deaths. So if someone died because he stood too close to the demolition, okay, that's a working accident. But uh, I don't see them letting in uh, like what hundred people just you know, oh you can go in this morning yeah, go 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 yeah, and yeah. we won't tell you that we are going to bring down these towers but mm. you are uh, our enemies walk into the towers now and we'll kill you off <laughs> yeah. that doesn't make sense to even, me at all even though that we even though we researched that uh, the ninety three so called bombing which had evacuated the towers in the first place, and it seemed like many of the companies were very connected to government things anyway, like Oracle Computing, which is perfectly capable of fabricating databases of identities. Sure. Well, hold on. They evacuated the tenants, the whole towers, after the 93 bombing. Yes. Okay, so Simon, without interrupting each other, because we're so excited about uh, all the research that we found, Mm -hmm. maybe we can take turns telling stories about what it is that we found and that they found so threatening that they had to pull, oh, yeah. pull the plug on 911movement.org. Yes, of course. Well, uh, it has to do with, uh, with our findings that uh, the victims were, uh, were fictitious. And the city was entirely fictitious as well. The city was actually simu- right. simulated. That's right. And that was uh, another video I made after the main movie, September Clues, which is called September Clues Addendum, where I uh, 
had started realizing that the actual the entire the entire city had been simulated for for the purpose of uh, of selling this story. And I can uh, oh no go ahead no, and, and, in, and including the the tower collapses. Yes, and the rubble piles afterwards were largely fictitious as well, as yes. as they merged with the um, well, not largely entirely because you can't do this. Uh, Halfway, you know. Well, until they allowed people to take pictures, you know, some months afterwards, after they said, "Okay, now we're sort of stepping out of the area, and you know, real yes, pictures will be allowed yes, now." But but the official story says that just one photographer was allowed into the uh, the rubble of Ground Zero. This this Joel Mayerowitz. Yes. However, you made an important discovery about. Uh, uh, a sort of high energy or high frequency blocking technology, which allows uh, the military to jam real photography oh, yeah. and real video yeah. and cell phones. That's that's a very very simple and and not it's not an outlandish technology. It's it's called HERF, mm -hmm. and it uh, can selectively uh, disable uh, temporarily. Uh, electronic circuitries, which was the main thing they, they needed. They didn't want videos of this. Anyone who had a video camera, but as you know, <laughs> there were no cell phones with video cameras at the time. They came out in 2002. Uh, two. Mm. So they were just concerned to, to control the video aspect of this. Because even if you have an, 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 an analog camera, with an analog camera you could only take still pictures. And still pictures wouldn't reveal anything, because there were no planes, there was nothing that hit the towers. We also learned that they had cordoned the, the streets, they had sort of made it so that it was difficult to get there, and they had people shooing people away immediately, yes, and people were fleeing immediately, so... Oh yes, I mean, the, um, the lower Manhattan is simply the end of a, of a peninsula, which is extremely controllable for a military operation like this obviously was. So it wasn't that hard to keep people from being close to the place. Uh, well, I have a story as well. Um, when we were looking at the victims, we discovered that uh, in the official CNN memorial, in the, in the official CNN memorial, 40% have only one single comment in their profile. And often it's not even a, a, someone claiming to be a relative or a friend. Another 40% mm -hmm. have no picture. Even though pictures are available online, if you search, you can find some grainy, awful picture yes. that looks terrible and looks like it was uh, deliberately made worse to mask that Photoshop. Yes, well, now you are getting close to the probably the main issue which they need to totally um, cover up. That's simulated victims. Yes, and they're also, just as people have theorized simulated terrorists and simulated heroes in um, the firefighters that supposedly all set up shop underneath the burning towers and then rushed in together to uh, yeah, no, save they're, they're, the supposed they're, number of no, people that were dying in the towers. No firefighters, no firefighters were invited to, to assist to this demolition job. No, they were invited to assist by lying about their campaign, basically. Yeah, yeah. and as we saw, as we've seen on the rubble uh, imagery, they have evidently inserted uh, these firefighters walking upon the rubble. There are some pictures which evidently show that uh, they needed to 
they absolutely needed to um, to make people uh, to sell a story that, that the firefighters were the heroes of the day. They even used actors to do so. They used Steve Buscemi, who claims to have been a, right. a good friend. They had uh, Robert De Niro, yes. uh, Billy Crystal, and those people are on the board of the yes. directors for yes. the memorial. So it's all very tied in with uh, Hollywood and Absolutely. Uh, this kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Robert De Niro did a cameo appearance in the Norday movie. And, uh, yes. Actually making an intro, which was later deleted. Uh, in another version, but anyway, there is a version of the Nodé movie with Robert De Niro talking in a firehouse. Yeah, he's introducing the movie. Yeah, he stands in front of even the uh, rubble pile six months later, right? And where they have uh, already started construction of the base for mm -hmm. the next structure. And yeah. yeah, it's it's all. I mean, basically, what we were finding is one piece after another that was tying it all together. Hollywood is involved. Actors are heavily involved. Right. They're even going around and touring and saying, "Oh, we want the truth about our dead friend or our, our dead cousin." Obviously, or very very low level actors, which no one has ever known about. I mean, they are anonymous, three third grade. <laughs> they profited actors. from they, yes. They profited from truth films like The Jersey Girls, which is supposedly is about the mothers mm -hmm. uh, demanding truth. Um, yeah, they were the first. Uh, Family members who made a big fuss at the at the uh, 9/11 Commission and, and were asking questions because they had to to be there to to reinforce the idea that there were fam mourning families. And during all this time, when there's supposedly uh, the families of 3,000 or so supposed victims, uh, there aren't any people really showing up. They're, they they aren't complaining to us. No. We, we have not had one single legitimate, credible person say right. asking us for help to help them find out uh, what's going in, on. In in all of six years since the the victim report was published, there hasn't been media coverage of this. There hasn't been media coverage of the fact that almost nobody shows up for the supposed uh, anniversaries. Right. And where you would expect thousands of people of crammed into something like this if, if they were truly invited and it was really made palatable for them. Mm -hmm. And again and again you see the same people going through the motions of official things. What, what shall we do for the victims? How shall we uh, compensate them? Only to find that the money is just shifting hands between government bodies or towards private contractors to rebuild and so on. That's right. If you think that the an, an average two million dollars came out for each post victim. Uh, can you imagine the? Uh, there was there was a profit for everyone who was involved in this scam. There's also tons of memorial scams, people raising money for some baseball league yes. or some yes. uh, college house or something, but they just raised tons and tons of money mm -hmm. from people donating mm -hmm. out of the goodness of their hearts, thinking. They're giving to the living memory of some kind of important historic event. That's right. Yeah. Totally unaware mm -hmm. that they've basically just thrown their money towards the very people perpetrating the scam. And that part is yeah. sickening. It is. It is. Well, there is, yes, it is sickening to think about it, but um, evidently they are getting away with it because of the emotional, the emotional uh, weight of the whole event, which was sold to us as a terrorist event. As Lennon Honor says, uh, people are traumatized. Yeah. They have a hard time actually talking about it, because even bringing it up 
makes people reimagine mm -hmm. events. Yeah, you see, when we when we did when you were here uh, and uh, in 2009 here in my house and we were working at this supposed victims of 9/11, I, I had high I had high hopes that this would. When I started realizing that we were on the right track, I thought, well, this will be very good for 9/11 truth because people will now uh, not have the emotional. Uh, the emotional barrier to actually research barrier, all the barrier, other things. Yes, exactly. To 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 question the the, the inside job. There were many people questioning 9/11 and saying it was an inside job, but not going further because they were fearful of offending the the families of the victims. Well, as, yeah. As long as we're talking about our naivety, I also thought that releasing the victim report would somehow automatically create a, a clamor for lawsuits. It would create a clamor for people to uh, organize themselves, yeah. start investigating it. But instead, it's like we stepped into this silent gap where no one wanted to go. <laughs> because it is obviously the, the last taboo of 9-11. This mm. will never be revealed. They're reinforcing this day by day. At each anniversary, they have uh, some new big story for people to cling on to. And they keep building new sites, too. Uh, for example, some victims which used to have only one or two pictures online, now may have a whole memorial page. And uh, it seems as though their plan from the beginning was to say, well, people don't pay attention quickly enough. Mm -hmm. So over time, we'll build up the backstories and interconnect them, interlace them with other stories, such as, you know, um, Boston bombing or yeah. some other psychological event. Yeah. And that way, people will never be able to question it because it becomes a network of their entire reality because they, they depend too heavily on the news for their reality. Oh, that's well, that's well put. Yeah, you know, as I said, they, they, are, they are grinding in stone the, the fact that the people died a day and uh, maybe, maybe you don't know, but uh, Friday, this Friday, Pope Francis uh, will visit the National Museum and Memorial at, at Ground Zero. Uh, and people have been selected by a lottery to attend. So they but can, I, can, I, can we go? <laughs> it's too late. Why? The lottery was closed in August, and now there are this selected group of people who will be allowed to attend the papal visit. I see. So it's probably more about the Pope than 9-11, really. But they're using his popularity to try to draw more attention back oh, to 9-11. Of course. Uh, just we must going. never forget. Uh, right. Which is also tied into many of the so-called comments. There's so many interesting, funny comments. If you, go, if you just go to CNN.com's 9-11 um, memorial, mm -hmm. you can read comment after comment that was written so artificially. And so jingoistically with the, you know, we'll never forget, and you were such a smiling angel, and remember those, you know, bad people can never harm America's true it, soul. It, it, it is frankly, really ham, it really is cheesy stuff. Frankly cheesy. It, is, it, is, it gets hilarious uh, in the end. Right, like the guy who comments on his own profile even <laughs> though he's supposed to be dead, or things like it's, that. No, comments from paradise. I mean. Yes, uh, it just gets absurd. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this is why they had to shut us down. This is why, when we were discussing it, it was getting too close, I think. Mm -hmm. Because we were unveiling their operation, and we were basically saying, 
hey, these people who are supposedly interested in the truth yeah. are actually part of the problem. Yes. And that was too much and they had to shut it that down. That was too much. That was really, as they say, flying over the target thing. So, uh, obviously... So we well, we had we, September Clues that info, so we thought that we could just have that and just keep the, it. The, the, the website. Yes, which was just a summary of the. But research. then, nine eleven movement closed down, also uh, mysteriously. So we, we we thought we had to. We could only now, if we wanted to express our research on the internet, we had to do our own forum. So the first thing we did was we set up a forum that was like the original, that was at nine eleven movement, but that was Zeta boards. And that was a free service where you can just set up a, a topic and Zetaboard supposedly runs it and moderates it. Unfortunately, um, that meant that uh, we were kind of getting, what do they call that, Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> the same people that uh, were shutting down the first one yeah. were targeting us in the second. And also we had the problem of, which we didn't recognize was a problem at first, people who were very suspicious, like Ozzy Ben Oswald and Fred, coming over from the first forum into our forum, yeah. saying, you know, uh, we're just continuing the research with you. Sure. Well, and, they, and they did for some time. Of course. They were, their job was to follow us wherever we yes. ended up. And kind of continue to steer us. Mm -hmm. But as we grew wise to this, we said, look, the only way we're going to be able to do this and to prevent copyright claims from these people who are just making up stuff about oh, you're using the media's imagery so you're not allowed to critique it and they would try to shut down our forum over that. Like was this. to, yes, was to start our own, really, start our own website and install our own forum. So luckily, um, we, we came across, uh, well, I won't say their real name, but Nono Capito was their handle. Yeah. And Nono Capito was extraordinarily helpful in um, getting us on board with uh, sort of a, a real PHP bulletin board system. Yeah, well, he's a, he's one of the, the people I've invited here. He's a, he's from Italy, northern Italy. Very smart guy, and um, he he was very proficient with his PHP matters. And uh, so we were able to make our own forum as we wish to do it, the way we wish to to have it in in our best control. Uh, although, in the end, we also run into problems with our service, which you, can, you may explain with more uh, detail. Yeah, so in the case of the original Zeta boards, we received a notice from a Zeta boards authority saying, uh, we're going to have to shut down your forum unless you remove this copyrighted picture. When we asked to receive a notice of who was complaining about this, they refused. And so we just packed up and left. However, we thought that when we got our own forum, this wouldn't be a problem. Well, we forgot that we're still relying on an outside host. Yeah. They also buckled and kicked us off and said, you know, you have to get out of here. So we finally found uh, Nearly Free Speech, which is a place where uh, you just pay per gigabyte and in bandwidth and pay per storage and things. And it's a That's where we are now, but you forgot to mention, it wasn't a copyright claim that closed down uh, the, when we were on... Uh, on Bluehost. When we were on Bluehost, we were closed down by a claim from Matt Campbell. Ah, yes, that's right. Which uh, was kind of phrased towards Bluehost as copyright, but in fact, it was someone claiming to be the relative of a victim yes. who had been receiving 
packages of no his from, brother's body Matt Campbell oh, claims to have lost his brother Joff Campbell and he claims he goes around uh, touring with the architects and engineers for truth in, in, in Great Britain mm. he's, he's actually uh, acting as a 9-11 truther yes and he's angry because he wants the truth about his brother dying on 9-11 mm. and he states this that he has been receiving in Britain, in the UK, uh, piecemeal parts of his brother sent by the medical examiner's office in New York, <laughs> uh, which is oh. led by Charles Hirsch, which we have uh, talked about on the forum. And Charles Hirsch is the chief medical uh, officer of, of the morgue of the the coroner, the coroner, the coroner of, of New York. And his story, Charles Hirsch, Hirsch story, is itself uh, a funny story. Because he claims to have rushed to the, the uh, to the towers when uh, it all happened, and set up a makeshift uh, triage place for for you know receiving the dead people uh, there just underneath the towers, and he was submerged by the rubble. And according to which news story you prefer to believe in, he either broke one rib or all of his ribs. But he continued working like a hero all day long into the night. Yeah, that's a pretty incredible story. But you have your selection of incredible stories in the 9-11 Tall Tales. There's, you know, 10,000 victims dead, uh, 2,700, yeah. 3,100. It, it all depends on how you want to see it. And if you actually try to use forensics on any of this evidence, you quickly see how hollow and uh, vaporous it all is. When we set up the new place... They apologized and said, oh, we didn't really mean to attack the truth. Because Don't say they. Call him by his name. Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell apologized because he, being an, a 9-11 truther, apparently, he has to appear. But do you believe that's his real name or do you believe that's oh, the yeah, name yeah, that he has that, that, that's, used? That's the name he's giving us, so we have to work with that one. And he, he's, uh, he, he, he needs to to appear, uh, at least to the general public, as a sincere truth seeker. So that's why he apologized. But yes. he effectively closed down our forum and, and caused lots of aggravation to us. That's right. And I think that in the future we shouldn't have as much problem with that because now when we go to a host, we explain the situation. Now we just don't deal with them if they can't show some understanding about how sensitive it is right. to have to deal with essentially a kind of uh, government spook yeah. occasionally trying to turn down the volume on our research. That's it. Sometimes I have people watching September Clues and commenting and saying, how come they leave this uh, information online? How come they don't pull it down? Well, they have, <laughs> in some way, they have at least limited the, the access to to my videos and, and you know I think without making it obvious to the public they've been quietly sniping at us a little bit with these things yeah they took down your your synced out they video took down twice, twice my, my last video which I consider and I still consider the, the most important one because it is simply the um, compared uh, first 11 minutes of the day where we have the planes and, and comparing all the different channels and they were taken down twice with uh, we have many mentioned this before but uh, maybe it's worth, it's, it's, worth it's worth repeating that basically there is an ongoing uh, campaign to try to for lack of a better word censor this mm -hmm. information 
Yeah. But there is still freedom, but um, you know we're working on uh, keeping it, <laughs> keeping it freedom, because there are many campaigns seemingly trying to uh, make it more difficult to talk about matters that are important to humanity. Yeah. So where do we go from here? I would ask. Uh, do you have any ideas or suggestions of uh, uh, how to pursue the the all important mixing uh, issue? Uh, how how would is there any field work that can be done to see if we can find these people? Well, um, I guess when I made the Vixen Report, I was hoping that there would be a group of people just naturally sort of interested in running around and, and trying to corner these people that are lying and ask them questions. But the journalists certainly aren't interested in it. <laughs> and so I guess we can only hope that people who hear this broadcast might um, take a greater interest in protecting their community from this nonsense and sharpen their senses and pay attention to their own perspective and build up their critical thinking skills. Put on their thinking caps and go out there and do some yeah. do some research. Right. Because the news reporters have let us down. They've let us all down. But um, people have to realize that there has been a great word-of-mouth operation which has... Uh, made so that many people spread around, not only the, the United States, but even in Europe, uh, they think they know someone who died in the Taurus. Some sort of scheme has been uh, um, run to have as many people as possible uh, have some sort of connection, distant or <laughs> friend of a co-worker or, or the neighbor of this and that. So. There are people who will uh, dismiss the, the, our entire research just because they have someone maybe living close by in the same town. Who claims to have a cousin or something. Who claims like this. to have a cousin or a neighbor or a co-worker who died that day. The thing is, and there are people who claim direct uh, relationship to someone who died or someone who witnessed it mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the hardest thing, I think the, the biggest struggle in this research is actually not getting people to understand that imagery is the greatest deception tool for the liars, but that the even more uh, troubling fact is that our own friends and family are involved in uh, presenting this false information. Well, not our families. Hopefully, I mean, but the listeners' families may yeah. be, as well as especially people working in the military, or if you have friends uh, working in the military in America. And how are we expected they to? We're under gag order, obviously. Right, but how are we expected to question these people? It's really up to the individual, and that's just uh, one of the hardest aspects of this research, and one sure. of the hardest conclusions sure. to draw is that it's not exactly that we're focusing on one great big uh, centralized uh, problem. Mm -hmm. It's more like a problem that's very diffused. Yeah. It's a problem that humanity has and needs to somehow overcome by recognizing that TV is a weapon of mass distraction and yes. also recognizing that people yeah. are capable of lying for money or to protect their family or to oh, protect yes. their friends. Oh, yes. And, and they, will, they will know that the, the, the myth of, of whistleblowers is, is what it is. It's a myth. You, yeah. you won't find whistleblowers among the people who have been 
uh, making money out of this. And in 9-11, we haven't found... They have to protect themselves and their families. Yeah. Unfortunately, in 9-11, we haven't found a real whistleblower yet. I, I do believe whistleblowers can happen. And, of course, we hope that if enough people wake up, we can create a situation where whistleblowers are more likely to be protected when they actually uh, come out about this. But because this involves police force, military, and authority figures, um, we have to make sure that enough people wake up, and hopefully you, the audience, can also help people wake up to this, and that is what will probably turn the tide on this fakery. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. We, we, we just hope also that uh, the realization that it's not only 9-11, but there are many other uh, hoaxes which have been sold to the public by... Uh, with the use, same, the with same network, as you call them. The, the network. The yes. nutty network, nutty network of clowns or, who basically go the, around trying to create history. Powers, the powers that be, as they call also. They try to create history, they try to create science. And, and they use fabricated imagery uh, very heavily. This yes. is this is their main um, tool to fool the masses with, fake imagery, fabricated, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they've used it for their um, moon landings, uh, the recent bombings, all the terrorist events. The atomic bomb tests are absolutely ridiculous. All the tests are evidently made in, uh, in the studio. That we we even know where they probably made them in Lookout Mountain Studios, which was mm, in Laurel Canyon area. In Laurel Canyon, yeah, which is yeah, it all usually it ties back to Hollywood and to the people who have been founding organizations that are supposedly it's, connected it's, to it's science. Very, very much Hollywood. Hollywood has <laughs> much more, much bigger importance than anyone will will ever admit right now. Yeah, there's this strange phenomenon where people talk about nothing but Hollywood and celebrities and things like that, and they think that that's not on purpose. They think that, oh, actually, I don't talk about serious issues. I don't talk about politics. I just like to go escape in my fantasy land. Yeah. But it escapes them that actually the majority of people are the same. And certainly the powers that be recognize this and mm -hmm. know that the way to control people isn't necessarily through politics. That's the way to control you know, a few awakened people who are activists. But the real way to control people en masse mm. is their entertainment. Yes. And disaster movies, which everyone has seen, uh, hundreds of disaster movies made by Hollywood where special effects can make entire cities crumble. And we don't go away from the cinema thinking that that was real. <laughs> right? I don't Unless think you're anybody does. Foolish, yeah. But uh, strangely enough, people will believe exactly everything that, that's shown on TV because mm, when it's presented in a in slightly news different way, formats, the news format, yeah. they will not be able to even. Uh, they can't even entertain the idea that the same technology can be used for yeah. a different reason. Well said. Thank you. And and, and that's what we have to start doing. We have to entertain or at least uh, know, uh, be aware that uh, the incredible Hollywood techniques which we see on uh, all these uh, disaster movies and uh, special effects uh, that they can do are used to uh, propagandize the whole world. Hmm. Another one added to those uh, is the uh, the fake shootings going on, which is trying to make people all scared about yeah. guns and things. Yeah, it's all about fear mongering and, and yeah, probably about uh, also. But we'll they, go they, into they those. They don't want yeah. people to have guns, and, and that's that's also uh, I think uh, one of the, the motives. 
But it's mostly they know that they will always stay in power as long as they we let them tell us their fables. Hmm. As long as they are in, in, in charge of, of uh, creating, fabricating the news and, and our reality, they know that we, they, will, they will always control us. Mm. And we will, we will just uh, continue uh, working like most people say, oh, I can't care about this, uh, you know, this conspiracy stuff. Uh, I, I don't want to live in this uh, world. Uh, it's, it's too scary. But what we are saying is there's the exact opposite thing. It's not a scary world, it's just a stupid world. It's a, it's a world that's being fooled. Yeah, so bad things happen, we, but we have to be, uh, we have to take it with humor in a, in a strange way, but I think humor will help us. Yeah, bad things happen, but maybe some of them that are designed too perfectly for a melodrama or to push some legislation through don't actually happen. And I think that, um, when we go over the Kluzborn Post, which is the purpose of this podcast, uh, we'll explore some of those other events. But I think that sums mm-hmm. up 9-11 and, and how we came to all this research pretty well. Yes, yes, sure. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks to you. And uh, yeah, see you later. Okay, see you. That was music by The Social Service, Simon's Band, along with our discussion of the latest discoveries in 9-11 research. I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you gained some strength and resolve from our words as well. In the next episode, we will put our show into full throttle and summarize the best discoveries, observations, and research posted at Clues Forum, starting with tips and tricks of how to detect paid agents infiltrating your discussion groups, online or even in person. That's all for now. Here's Simon to give you a little music therapy as you adjust back to your regularly scheduled programming. As we navigate the world of media, remember reality is important too. And let's keep it real together. Run.